Sunday Baroque Conversations is made possible by the Friends of Sunday Baroque and is produced at WSHU Public Radio in Fairfield, Connecticut. I'm Suzanne Bona. Thanks for listening. Don't miss an episode of Sunday Baroque Conversations. Subscribe on Apple, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review. If you want to find out where you can listen to our weekly show, visit our website, sundaybaroque.org, for a station list and our 24-7 stream. Again, that's sundaybaroque.org. Patricia Ann Neely is a professional musician who plays viola da gamba and other bowed string instruments and has made numerous recordings and performed with top early music ensembles across the globe. She's been on the board of Early Music America and the Viola da Gamba Society of America. She's chaired both organizations, Equity, Diversity, Inclusion, and Access Committees. She's also an educator and an advocate for musicians, especially in the field of early music. Since late 2019, Pat and I have had a series of conversations about the early music world and efforts to address diversity and systemic inequities. Today, we are convening again to continue our discussion. Hi, Pat. Hi, how are you? Great, thanks. How are you? Just fine and very happy to be back. (laughs) It's It's good to be able to speak with you, and I look forward to the time that we can actually be in the same studio again. So thanks for speaking on Zoom with me today. Um, February is Black History Month, and this is an observance that was officially recognized in 1976 by U.S. President Gerald Ford, although the roots of the celebration go back to the very early years of the 20th century. I thought we could talk about Black History Month and its its place in the year 2022, its relevance, its importance, and, and maybe what we aspire to accomplish with that. And and in your opinion, how how people can make the most of that. So maybe if we could start, could you just give an overview of Black History Month and you know how it began, how it's evolved? Sure. Um, way back in the at the turn of the century, um, in the uh, era of post Reconstruction, um, African Americans were actually doing quite well if they had the opportunities. And uh, in 1915, um, there was an interest in celebrating that and keeping the history of uh, the community alive um, by Carter G. Woodson. And uh, what he did is he founded an Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, which was an organization dedicated to researching and promoting achievements by Black Americans and others of African descent. Uh, out of that came um, a week celebration in February called Black History Week, which occurred the second week of February in honor of the birthday of Lincoln on February 12th and the assigned date or birth date of Frederick Douglass, which is um, celebrated on the 14th of February. And uh, This was uh, uh, extended in 1976 after the the civil rights movement um, had its heyday. In fact, there was so much uh, activity in the 60s that uh, Gerald Ford in 1976 um, decided it should be a month-long celebration. And that's how it 
that's how it got started. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I want to say that when I was growing up in a certain decade, um, I was aware that we uh, read about the African-American community constantly. And part of that was because it was the the civil rights movement um, um, and also the uh, publications that were associated with black culture and black communities were um, very much involved in disseminating the information such as um, uh, Ebony Magazine, uh, Jet Magazine, and uh, a publication called The Crisis, which is, which, which is still published um, by the NAACP. So um, with that said, uh, every day was a day in, in my life to appreciate and celebrate um, Black uh, lives. But the month of February is one that everyone that is a public um, a, a way of, of remembering and celebrating those accomplishments. Mm-hmm. So I know that um, that organization that you mentioned that Carter G. Woodson established, the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, that's now I think been renamed the Association for the Study of African American Life and History. Um, and uh, Dr. W. Marvin Dulaney is currently the president of that organization. He was interviewed pretty recently, and he said that his hope for the future is that one day he'll be out of a job. <laughs> um, but he's not out of a job right now, um, so this is a, a relevant issue. Um, and I, I would love for you to talk a little bit about whether you think it is still important to celebrate Black History Month. I know you had a little uh, exchange with a colleague not too long ago about that idea, and you don't have to reveal who that was, but I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. Like, what are the thoughts about whether we should, and and if so, how should we celebrate Black History Month? Yeah, I mean, my first impression was the fact that um, he didn't designate who was saying it, but from the community that he lives in, in Atlanta, um, you know, communities in Atlanta are, are um, much more connected to the American society, which is successful middle class, successful upper class. Mm-hmm. And we have been striving for equality and equity in everything we do. And mm-hmm. they are, their communities there are achieving that aspect. And why mm-hmm. go back and think about what happened in the past when they are making history right now in the present. Um, The other thought I had was that the youngest generation now of potential leaders are talking about what's happening now. Um, They are complaining about the way the white community is patronizing the black community. And in some cases, they may think that this is the opportunity during the month for that to happen. Mm. Um, that people are not exactly gen- um, uh, generous. But my feeling is if there are complaints and if there are protests during the year, perhaps February is the time to start thinking about ways to solve that issue because there hasn't been any inclination that the protests are, pro- are providing an impetus for people to talk and, and come up with a solution. Mm-hmm. 
Black History Month allows for us all to get together, no matter what our uh, opinions are about the way things are being handled in, in this, with this issue, but to celebrate the successes of people who came before, who were struggling to, to achieve just what we're trying to achieve again. And that speaks to my mantra that the civil rights movement in the 60s failed because we did not continue to do that. We did mm -hmm. not continue to manage it even though in 76, we have the opportunity to spend an entire month mm -hmm. um, in celebration. And of course, on Martin Luther King's birthday a month before. So um, I think we just have to think carefully about how we determine the meaning of this. It's always going to be in a state of flux. Uh, we should use that as our, our impetus for um, solving those issues that come up mm -hmm. um, that are affecting the community at large. Mm -hmm. And I, this is so interesting because, you know, this is, as I said, we've we've had a number of conversations so far. It's kind of an ongoing series. And that is really the connective uh, thread that you have repeated all along, which is that, you know, talking, having a dialogue, you know, problem solving directly and not, um, not making assumptions, but really rolling up one's sleeves and engaging is really the key to resolving these issues. So um, I like that you've, you know, sort of put the same, um, looked at it through the same lens. Um, but I also like, you know, something you mentioned before we turned on the microphones was that this is a real opportunity for celebration because celebration is also important. Yeah, it's, it's you know, the celebration makes you um, think about just how much we have achieved. Mm -hmm. um, and to learn that, there were activists back in the turn of the century, the turn of the 20th century, mm -hmm. and that there are activists now at the turn of the, or the middle of the 21st century. A um, hundred years ago, we could have had that dialogue and it would still be relevant today. Mm -hmm. And that gives you the um, strength, it lends us the strength to keep moving. Mm -hmm. It isn't as if we're starting and recreating the wheel. We are going, we can quote from uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, we can quote from Moore, we can quote from a number of people who had a vision that may not exactly align with what we're doing today, but certainly can um, give us the background and the basis for moving ahead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do you have any thoughts about like what, I don't know, what the average person might do to make Black History Month observance more meaningful, more action-oriented, maybe? I think, you know, me being a music historian, I'm always looking at the past. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, I, I, want, I, don't, I, I want this next generation to see the connection um, through the decades of uh, activism um, uh, on the part of the African-American community. Mm -hmm. So that can only come if we're all aware that it's happening. I don't mean just African-Americans, everyone in this country. Mm -hmm. And that's what this month does. It makes, it draws everyone in mm -hmm. to the conversation. It educates everyone. Um, and to do that for just a month, I would love to have that happen consistently but if this is what we have this is our tool this is mm -hmm. our moment mm -hmm. to really get the point across and mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that we have to rely on history 
we can still make history by then juxtaposing our own uh, views today with those of the past and how the, the percentage of what we've achieved can be uh, analyzed um, uh, as an outcome yeah. of the celebration. Yeah. So not too many years ago, I heard a story, and I, it was probably on NPR, since I pretty much got that on all the time. Um, and it was it was a discussion of Black History Month, and it was, it, I'll just never forget this, it's, it's a real lump in the throat kind of moment, because it was a little boy was inter- being interviewed or being quoted, and he, they were saying, well, you know, do you know about Black History Month, and why is it in February? And this little guy said, well, I just... I just thought it's because it's the shortest month. And, you know, if there are still people who think that, if there's still, I mean, this is a little little kid, you know. Um, to me, that alone is the proof that we still need to have this and we still need to focus on this um, because no little guy should ever feel that way, you know. Well, it, it also is... Um, revealing. Uh-huh. It's revealing that we're all still hurting. Yep. Um, the way to turn that into something positive is to say, we, at least we have a month. Yeah. And yeah. Um, what we can do in that month is it, it can expand every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a, this yeah. year of wellness right. uh, and that, really does coincide with what we've been going through for the past two years. But we can also, there can be multiple um, uh, themes and maybe one of them should be why do, uh, why are kids thinking that this isn't that important because they gave us the shorter month? That's a topic in itself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's also, you know, during the month, I remember um, my daughter's school, uh, Ruby Bridges, paid a visit to her school during uh, Black History Month when she was younger. And uh, she came home and told me and she says, you know, it's really great. I'm only a little bit black. And I thought, okay, that's not what I want to hear. And that is because she heard a story about a, a girl her age having a problem, trying to get to school and, and, and being taught for one whole year in a classroom by herself, by the only teacher who would teach her. And here is my daughter in a school uh, with 60 other girls in her class, and she's not experiencing that. And she's mm-hmm. thinking, not that something has happened that, that Ruby Bridges brought that to the attention of the world it's that i'm not it's not happening to me right so so okay so you're the boss of the world what 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 do you what would you like to see uh black history month be like what what would you like in a perfect world what what would pat neely make for black history month i think it's one of those um one of those projects i've had in the back of my mind to educate um, a few years ago, when I gave a paper at the Indiana uh, University Conference on the history of the civil rights movement, I learned a great deal just doing, I mean, I was born, I was involved in the civil rights movement by just being around, being mm-hmm. alive. I didn't know all of the background of the civil rights movement and the connection that 
the personal connection that we all have mm-hmm. to this, um, that ev- uh, you had whites and blacks working together to affect change. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to have, uh, I would love to see a huge symposium where those people like Harry Belafonte and uh, those people who are still alive can address what it was that was their catalyst for uh, making this uh, movement um, Mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. And that will help those who are going to lead after us to consider a strategy to get the work done. Right now, there, as I said before, there's no explanation as to why we're continuing to complain and shame people um, without having after that a, solu- a possible solution to discuss. Mm-hmm. We should all be in on that conversation. So speaking of solutions, I mean, you've been on the front lines of this matter, including trying to find solutions and trying to find solutions as it applies to the early music world and some of the contemporary performers and, and their experiences. Do you have any updates, anything you want to share, any any maybe great successes that we can celebrate? Well, I'll say personally speaking, it has really helped me um, develop more self-esteem um, mm-hmm. because I know that I have a voice now that's going to mm-hmm. be heard and I don't have to suppress it because as my parents said, you're going to encounter this just feel sorry for those people. Well, it's not Mm -hmm. feeling sorry for anyone. It's making sure that you understand that we're all on um, equal ground. And that's what this, the past two years has done for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's one of those situations where transparency has to be developed on all fronts that we should not be afraid. I mean, if, if one group is shaming another, um, that's not positive. That's not a positive outcome. That's just more intimidation and then more of a chance that all of this is going to be suppressed somehow, including how people feel about each other. Mm-hmm. But if we meet on an even uh, playing field and we are both articulate about what we need, what has happened and what we need to have happen, I think that that's the um that that's that's the uh, answer to the question for me. Where do we go from here? Well, Pat, you always have such good wisdom and uh, an honest perspective, and I, I appreciate your uh, your willingness to speak and to keep this this dialogue going. Um, I've been speaking with Patricia Ann Neely on Zoom. She is a professional musician whose areas of expertise include various historical bowed string instruments, as well as educating and advocating for musicians in the field of early music. Pat, thank you so much. Thank you.